0: in the recesses of the Old Testament, lies the story of Ruth. One scholar said, it's the most beautiful short story ever written. But how can a 3,000 year old book be relevant today? Ruth speaks into our cultural confusion surrounding gender and our increasing ethnic divide. It's an improbable and compelling love story, but ultimately, Ruth is a story of redemption. How God's sovereign grace redeems His people in and even through their suffering. Ruth reminds us that God still redeems people who are once far from Him. His sovereign grace still redeems our suffering for our good and His glory.
1: Johnny P, how you well, doing, it's brother? Good, aunt. I'm it's good. doing well, man. It's good to see you again. We are back here on the uh, post-sermon reflection podcast. Uh, we were here, what, like about a month ago? Something like that, man. Yeah, time time has flown. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you again. And uh, we are um, looking at uh, Ruth chapter 4 today, verses 11 through 13. Uh, by the way, I'm a little under the weather. My voice sounds a little nasally, so hopefully this doesn't turn people off from listening to the podcast. <laughs> I know I probably won't be listening to it, but... Uh, hopefully people don't get uh too too turned off by it uh johnny overall just overall thoughts on the sermon what uh what'd you think about it yeah man i mean what a great sermon honestly um it was
0: just so it was it was crazy because there was a lot packed into those it wasn't a lot i think it was root chapter 4 verses 11 to through 13 so it was just those three verses but um having tracked through you know Ruth's journey up until now and you know seeing where that brings us um you know, you see, you see how far, you know, we see Boaz flexing his spiritual muscle last week. And, you know, now we saw how he, he was willing to accept, you know, the burden of taking on Ruth and redeeming her um, while, the, while the kinsman redeemer didn't. And, you know, now, you know, you think, like, they're ready to ride off into the sunset, but they got this, like, looming you know, this looming like cloud over them, you know, roots barrenness that's been going on for the last, you know, 10 years. And so that's where like, we kind of like left off, but, um, you know, just to see the way they trusted God throughout that process, um, um, both of them together and, you know, like he, how they trusted, they trusted God. Um, they trusted God over their circumstances. They trusted that he was sovereign over that. And, you know, and in the end, we we could see how he was working that entire you know that entire period he was working in the background
1: and he was working things out for their good.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, you can add to that
1: for sure. Yeah, so I mean, we see a lot of stuff happening in the Book of Ruth. I mean, it's a short it's a short little book, but there's a lot packed into it, and there's a lot to unpack, uh, especially as twenty twenty three uh, American Christians. So we see that Ruth was in a, a really desolate situation. She comes back with Naomi. Uh, she's working hard in the field. Boaz notices her. Naomi's like, yo, why don't you go talk to my man Boaz? Like, go see what's up with him. And Ruth really takes the initiative on Boaz and says, listen, you got to wife me up, Boaz. <laughs> and Boaz is like, all right, let's do it. So we see, like, the story of Ruth has culminated in something that is – a essentially a story of redemption. It starts off with this sad, depressing tone, a lot of death, a lot of mourning, a lot of sorrow. We see tears. We really see no hope in this situation. Even physically, there's a famine taking place when well, Naomi and Ruth come back and they are about to have the blessings of God poured out on them. Not only is there a famine in, uh, in, in Bethlehem, but there's also a famine in Ruth's actual Body. We learn from this story that, like you said, she's been barren for 10 years. So when we look at verse 11, we see a, a really interesting sort of prophecy take place by multiple people. It says, Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who built up the house of of Israel. This is a, a, a prophetic message by a group of people who are not just saying, may she become pregnant like Rachel and Leah, but may she carry this special uh messianic line uh, that's ultimately going to lead to Jesus. Uh, so this is like a really interesting, not only is God just redeeming the the natural implications of this situation, but he's also redeeming the spiritual as well. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely, man. Um, and we see that he was ultimately sovereign over Ruth's barren, barrenness. And one one interesting point from the sermon that um, that really that really hit home was, you know, the pastor mentioned that if Ruth wasn't barren, you know, she wouldn't have made her way to Bethlehem. Right. Um, yeah. If she, if she had had a son, um, according to Hebrew law, she wouldn't have been she would have been ineligible for redemption. Right. And so, like ultimately through that, you know, we can see God's providence and his sovereign grace over, you know, her difficult circumstances and you know how he's how he ultimately worked things together for her good. Um, so it was just it was just great to see that and it was encouraging.
1: It's wild because Pastor Brennan alluded to some maybe some double entendres yeah. that maybe we would not have uh been awakened to just by reading the text through our you know, American Christian cultural lens. Right. He points out that the word lahem, yeah, it does mean bread, but it also can point to the, the giving of new life yeah. on behalf of a, a woman. Uh, also the word pakad, which means uh, to visit, we see that the few times that it's used in the New Testament, um, we see it's, it's foretelling the birth of Samuel, uh and it's also foretelling the birth of some oh uh Isaac. Yeah. So um this word Pakad that's used is about to be used for Ruth as well. Right. So she wasn't just visited, but she was visited. Like she her womb <laughs> yeah. was opened up. Um and her Lahem, uh the the ability to give new life, is about to take place in the life of Ruth, which is crazy because Ruth is a Moabite. She was married to um, somebody, you know, that uh for for ten years and was not able to get to get pregnant. It obviously okay. was outside of God's will. But as soon as Ruth comes back to or not even comes back, comes to Israel, all of a sudden God is opening up the womb of Ruth because now uh God's plan is about to be fulfilled. Right, in his time. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So um one of the one of the key themes that, that was discussed in the sermon was this idea of curses turning into blessings. Right. And I think that this is something that maybe anybody above the age of seven or eight can really yeah. like can really begin to to understand. Um, there are things in all of our lives that we would in the moment have looked at as curses, but ultimately throughout time, we were able to see that they have become blessings in our lives. And maybe some of those things haven't really become a blessing to us, but we trust that God is doing something in our hearts or in our lives to bring us closer to Him, to make us more dependent upon Him by bringing us through difficult circumstances. We know of Ruth's circumstances that she was in a, in a really desolate situation. Uh, and as you so eloquently put, without those circumstances in her life, she may not have been eligible for a Kinsman Redeemer right. to take over her. Um but when we think about our own lives, uh I'm curious, you know, what are some of the things that that our audience can think about uh God turning a a blessing into uh I'm sorry, a curse into a, a blessing. Not a blessing into a curse. That'd be that'd be bad. Yeah, that would be kind of a bummer. <laughs> that'd be a real bummer. <laughs> but uh, Johnny, one of the things that that I think of and we'll we'll speak to this first and then maybe we can hit on some some personal things sure. is fellowship cross point, right? I mean, yeah, if we think about the life of this church, uh, I, I'll let you. I'll let you give a little bit of of background info on on Fellowship Capital City, and then I'll speak a little bit on on Shady Rest as to how we merged in a, in a cross point. But like we had a thriving church in oh, yeah. uh, in Fellowship Capital City, but there was there was also some some major lacking there as well. Mm-hmm. So what what was going on 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 our end?
0: Oh yeah, man. Um, I mean that's such a great example in terms of you know just turning curses into blessings, right? And so um, for those of you who don't know, Aunt and I. Ed and I are capital of city OGs. Um, we go back, and um, we used to meet in the Trenton War Memorial. And um, there were tons of challenges with that. You know, the war the War Memorial staff itself could, you know, pull the plug on that. You know, they were like kind of pulling the strings, um, and things would, you know, things could get difficult. Um, with that, like, logistically, and then, you know, it was just tough meeting in the basement every week, man. Um, setting
1: you know, up, tearing down. Setting
0: up was was a pain, man. Like, you had to arrived. get there, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah,
1: super early, <laughs> super early. And then
0: tearing down, um, baptisms, baptisms were tough. I remember we were doing, we were running them in that, like, inflatable tub. With, like, 28-degree cold, like <laughs> <Yeah>. a
1: Titanic <laughs> baptism.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so, like, that, those are just, you know, that's just a, at a very small level. Like, those are some of the technical challenges um, that we faced. Um, but then COVID hit. Right. What happened with COVID? And COVID kinda just like threw everything, you know, into a whack because like we like the war memorial shut down, if I'm if I'm correct, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so all of a sudden it's like where are we gonna meet? And so, you know, now we're meeting in the pastor's backyard. Um so we got this thing going, but you know, obviously there's this big question like what's next for us, where where are we heading? And if you wanted to speak to, you know, the next phase of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So before we spoil it, uh, you know, Fellowship Capital City is is I would say we were a church without a home, right then on the other end, we have Shady rest who uh from what what I can understand, you know they were about six months away from closing the doors they were uh they were losing their their pastor um their their worship pastor as well there was like maybe like a vacuum of leadership uh and i I say they were a home not without a church, but they were they were gonna be closing their doors pretty soon. Little did we know at Fellowship Capital City that uh, the treasurer of uh, Shady Rest saw our ad on a diner placemat, started researching us without us even knowing about it. He gives, uh, as far as I know, he gives Pastor Brennan a call and says, Mm. hey, uh, what would you think about possibly starting the conversation of, of merging our two churches? and for the next couple months really we we prayed about it we 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 you know sought counsel about it and ultimately we made the unanimous decision to go ahead and merge both of those churches together so what's crazy to me in the story of Ruth is that there's all of these things that that take place i mean like you said her necessity to not have a son or a, a child at all and then ultimately this ends with you know we see Ruth is going to be the great grandmother of King David. Hmm. King David is going to bring about Jesus. Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. All of these things are just like crazy interconnected and intertwined. And I think about, like, the church's story, and I'm like, man, all this stuff took place. We had no idea that these things were going to happen. But God was sort of pressing in on Fellowship Capital City and putting us in an uncomfortable position to lean on him. God was pressing in on Shady Rest, making both of us into a situation where we needed each other and each other's resources, and out of it blossoms this new, living, breathing church which is just an incredible testimony to God's right. faithfulness, to both churches.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, you even think, like, there were, there were stuff that happened even in between that, too. Because, like, we—I remember, and, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there were, like, buildings that we thought, buildings that had come up— <laughs> and we thought that you know like maybe this is like an open door for us but you know we we saw um god god quickly shut those doors and you know we look back and we're grateful for that but you know you know you can't say like in those moments you know there were a lot of emotions involved and it was it was a frustrating process um but to ultimately see god's you know sovereignty over that and you know how he turned it into a blessing was was amazing buildings that i was like this is the one
1: yeah and like i i don't care if this door is open we gonna kick it down yeah like that was my mentality and then, of course, that door closes, and here we are today. And guess what? The thing is, we still have challenges ahead of us to face, but we know that God is sovereign. Amen. We know that in the past he's delivered us of certain circumstances and uh, that he will deliver us again. Um, that's not to say that there aren't going to be circumstances in our lives that God is just going to hold us in. Right. Things that we have to face that are going to be uh, extremely difficult. Some of those things we're going to be able to see um, the tangible nature of blessing in our lives. There may be some things that we just don't see. We may lose loved ones that are not going to come back. Um, we may have, um, you know, real difficult relational issues that are never mended or or fixed but that doesn't mean that um uh, those things in our lives are for our bad for some reason somehow god is working it together right. uh for our good i can think of one um personal story uh my mom uh when when uh when i was a year and a half old um we we experienced you know my my father leaving us at uh at, like i said at a year and a half old and i remember that being like a really difficult time for Uh, for our family. And it took a a long time for us to really be able to see like, man, how how can this be something good? Um, But the truth is, you know, I look back on my life and I went to a Christian school my whole life for most of that time. I was a total knucklehead. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I was not walking with the Lord. But we went on a missions trip in 2007 to Nicaragua that absolutely uprooted my life and changed everything about who I was. And really put me on mission for God. And it's crazy because looking back, uh, we could clearly see that my dad would not have allowed me to go to a Christian mm. school if I was, if he was in the house. Uh, he would not have um shelled out the money for that. Let's put it that way. Mm. Uh so I I can see now that even though my mom walked through a broken relationship that was so difficult and so many questions and so hard to walk through, but ultimately it was it 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 uh, sort of contributed to not only my salvation, but to her salvation as well. Mm-hmm. My mom is now walking with the Lord, Praise and uh, it, I think we can look and see that like a a, a bad situation directly influenced right. uh, both of us coming to Christ. Uh, so I'm curious, Johnny. Like, is there anything in, in your life that you feel like you can look at and see God turning a curse into a blessing? Yeah, man. Uh, most definitely, and I really like what you had to say. Um,
0: looking back at the sermon, um, I think pastor covered, and as we were talking about kind of in the beginning, like the, if you think of like some of the more common curses that people face, um, I'm thinking like people, my age and I'll hone in, I'll hone in on my own personal experience too. Um, but like you think of like, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, singleness for some people and like all these like mental health issues. Right. Um, I know me personally, the most recent example I can think of was, um, last year was my, last year was my sophomore year of college and, uh, my freshman year was online and it was my first semester um, on campus and you know as exciting as it was it was also a very difficult time to navigate through um like just being on campus being in a different environment um just being surrounded by people who you know like are on a different path than me or like you know just not having that community um i i kind of just felt like a fish out of water per se um and don't get me wrong some people they thrive in that kind of environment but just for me it was also it was also new and you know spiritually speaking it was it was really challenging um i just i didn't know what to do um i i didn't have like a community a christian community to like get plugged into and i was checking i was checking different clubs out and you know i came upon crew and you know crew at the time, crew at college, there was like, you know, there was like, I think probably like five to seven people at, five to seven people there. Um, it was pretty small, um, you know, and that was that was pretty discouraging for me because I came on campus, and you know, I, I was, I knew the first thing, I, I knew one thing, I, I, I had to find a Christian community, and you know, I found, I, my instinct was to go to crew but it wasn't established like at all and so i was like where do i go from here like i could check out other fellowships but you know like what my the struggle was god like where do you want me to go like where like there were so many different ones i didn't know which ones were the- theologically sound or not and there were just a lot of challenges associated with that so there's a, there's there's a lot in that moment and you know i found myself struggling with you know you know depression at some points um you know then there were other challenges associated with just being on campus you know there are many nights where You know, all my floor buddies were going out and, you know, I would be in my dorm alone. And, you know, I spent some great time with God then, but, you know, I can't say it was it was it was the easiest thing. Um, And so that was kind of like the curse. It kind of felt like a curse in the moment. And, you know, God, I like looking back at it now, I could see how God was working in me. You know, he was teaching me to depend on him in that really tough time. You know, in those moments when I was when I was alone in my dorm room, you know, I was I was I was almost like I had no other option but to cling to God and, you know, to dive in His Word and, you know, just spend spend time in prayer, um, just leaning on Him for that support. And you know, for me, that was just that was just an amazing you know testament to His faithfulness. And like I look back at it now, and that really, like that really that really strengthened and transformed my relationship with Him because it you know, I was so dependent on him and, you know, it taught me to lean on him, you know, in, in times of difficulty. So, um, connecting it to what we saw in, in Ruth, right? Like God was doing a work inside Ruth during her period of barrenness, you know, during her period where, you know, he, where she, um, where, you know, Naomi, you know, straight away and through that, through that whole time he was doing a work, um, in their lives. And so I think God used my circumstances to really work in my heart, um, and then, you know, ultimately it, was, it ended up in a blessing. So that's, that would probably be like the most recent example, I would say.
1: That's good. That's good. So w- one thing I really appreciated about um, Pastor Brennan was he had this, this quote by uh, Charles Spurgeon that says, our troubles should be steeds on which we ride to God through prayer. Um, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes quotes can be really helpful but they can be even more helpful when we understand the the context of the quote. Charles Spurgeon was, you know, one of the greatest uh, preachers of, of his era, possibly in the modern world. Yeah, he, he was. What's yeah. that? He's up there. Oh, yeah. He's up there, man. <laughs> he's just some of the things that he says and the way he understands things have been so helpful and, and, uh, and helping to shape my theology and understanding of God. But one of the things that's really important to understand about Charles Spurgeon, and I wasn't able to pull it up because we have uh, you know zero uh, reception bars out here. Literally, my phone will be like SOS sometimes. It's like, listen, yeah. if you got to make a call, call the police because that's the only people you're going to be able to call today because <laughs> you got no reception out here. So I wasn't able to look it up. But I know that one of the things about Charles Spurgeon is that he had a host – Of physical ailments. I mean, he was jacked up. Uh, If if you go online and you just look up some of the things that Charles Spurgeon uh, struggled with uh, physically, I mean, they were debilitating. So when Charles Spurgeon says something like, our troubles should be steeds on which we ride to God through prayer, understanding that his physical ailments were not something that caused him to disassociate from God. In fact, there's another quote, I believe, where he says, like one of the greatest gifts from God that we can have is like the failure of health because it, it makes us rely so heavily upon God and remove any of our own strength and dependency to make it through uh, that situation. So I really, really appreciated uh, that that uh, insight from, uh, from, from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, so, To kind of maybe head towards wrapping wrapping things up here, Uh, like we said earlier, we ultimately see that this, this story, it's about Ruth, it's about Naomi, it's about Boaz. But if we look at the few books before Ruth, we see how Ruth has everything to do with... Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, right. Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Deuteronomy. Judges, yeah. and then not only that, Ruth has everything to do with post-Ruth yeah. in the in the Old Testament and fulfillment in the New Testament. We see in uh, First and Second Samuel the life of David, uh, and she's going to be the great grandmother of of uh, David, and she gives birth to somebody named Obed, right. who is kind of a a little minor name in the in the story of of scripture but he fathers jesse he fathers david and uh from david we see solomon and then from solomon we see just uh this this line that's going to ultimately get us to uh to to jesus right so the main takeaway johnny did you write it down i had a couple i had a couple um
0: we trust God. There was obviously the main one, right? Like trust God to. <laughs> I'll put you
1: on the spot. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm I was paying attention. You go past. I was. I wasn't sleeping. I was. <laughs> um, we trust God to turn our curses right into. There you go. Blessings, right? There you go. And you know like another, another main takeaway. Um, and this wasn't, this wasn't written, but you know, one thing that really stood out to me was Jesus was cursed, yeah. um, on our behalf, yeah. right. So that we could be blessed. And, you know, just to hit on like your earlier point, you know, we might, we might not see the resolution of our present circumstances, right. We might not, we might not ever see, you know, like the blessings manifest themselves, like in this current time. Right. But ultimately we can rest in the fact that, you know, because Jesus was cursed, like we were blessed with eternal life and, you know, like we can we can rest in that and we can rejoice in that truth, and you know we might not see you know we might not see the blessings like in our present time, but you know ultimately we can rest in you know that we'll be spending eternity with him in that communion if we put our faith and trust
1: in Jesus when all is said and done, our real ultimate reward our blessing is is Christ himself, and right. if God take everything away from us uh you know we don't we don't ask for that we're not. We're not begging for that, but if he chooses to do so, uh, we will experience um, infinity fold <laughs> uh, yeah. the blessings of God in 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 the life to come, in, in heaven, with Christ being our our ultimate reward. Um. Really quickly, uh, Johnny, you were talking about how the the war memorial staff could have shut us down, and Mike was giving us some looks like, "Hey, man, I was a part of that staff," <laughs> but. Mike not only did no shut us no down shade. he came with us.
0: Yeah, we we took we took we took him with us.
1: You know, I always got to shout out my man Mike on the uh on the ones and twos back there. Uh not so thanks Mike for the production of the uh of the podcast this afternoon and uh, we pray that it has been a blessing to you. And I don't know who's on next week, but I'm sure that they will be a blessing to us as we tackle uh finishing up the book of Ruth here. Johnny Always a pleasure, man. Appreciate you coming in, brother. Yes, sir. I'll see you next week. I'll see you, man. God bless. Take care.